Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for CBGB. Country and blues. In New York City. This club's gonna be different. Play some real music! And this band is Talking Heads. We're Blondie. We're the Ramones. We're the Dead Boys! Patty Smith Group. Lou Reed. You're a rock star. What does CBGB stand for? Country Bluegrass Blues. We have a band. CBGB gets new customers buying drinks. We get to play for an audience. You might want to consider an exterminator. Not very country. Hard to get Conway Twitty down to the Bowery. You have no idea what's about to happen here. You gotta spend money to make money. You gotta have money to spend money to make money. We've had some complaints. I'm not a very patient man, so I suggest you give me what I came here for. You treat me right, I'll treat you right. How you been, Leslie? Call me that. City's cracking down. Hill L. Crystal. Divorced. Two bankrupts. I've been thinking I should start managing some of those bands. I am gonna get them a record deal, and they are gonna be big. These kids have something to say. We really should listen. You're punks. Anything bad, anything wrong, you wanna do it. What are you doing? Investing. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We got bills to pay. You have no vision, Merv. What happens to the cash at the end of the night? I put it in the freezer. Why would you save for your dreams? Why not live your dreams? Nobody is gonna like you guys, but I'll have you back. We got four songs. I don't wanna walk around with you. I don't wanna be tame. Anything you wanna do? We're working on something now. Something positive? Yeah, it's, it's called... I wanna sniff some glue. Clean those toilets. They're disgusting. Your dog is crapping everywhere. This is not a kennel. You're gonna wanna crank it. Uh -oh. Not a bad night. Yeah, they electrocuted the guy. Double the attendance. CBGB. Country. Bluegrass. Blues. But without all that country bluegrass or blues. You play too loud. I'm walking out. Rocks. You don't have to put on the red light. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from MTV News, Josh Horowitz, and tonight's guest, Ashley Green. Good evening. Ashley Green, audience, audience Hello. Ashley Green. Uh, thanks for coming out tonight, guys. Uh, this is a fun movie, CBGB. I got a chance to see this a while back. Congratulations on it, Ashley, and it's Thank good to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. Um, CBGB, we're, we're recording this here in New York City. I'm a New Yorker, born and bred, so CBGB, you can't help but know what that is, at least to a New Yorker. Did you have much awareness? Because I feel like depending on where you're from, your musical background, you may or may not know what CBGB's is all about. Um, I had, I was aware. I kind of missed, um, missed the mark on that one. But, um, but then, you know, whenever they, the script was sent and, and I read it, of course, I researched it and um, have kind of this, you know, new respect for it because it's just impacted so many people's lives. And, um, and so, so, yeah, I wasn't super familiar before I started. So, I mean, the, the film, when you see the film, you, you'll understand what I'm saying in that it, it really, it conveys a lot of history, but it also con conveys, I feel like, the spirit of the times, that, and that comes through in, in the way the director, I think, approached the film, um, the script, obviously, but just there, there's a real spirit of camaraderie and excitement and discovery uh, in watching the film. Uh, give me a sense of what your first, like, when you first encountered the script, again, kind of vaguely knowing what CBGB was and then like opening that script, what did you find in there that piqued your interest? Um, I think 
you know, well, first of all, my manager was like, oh my God, she's a music lover. She's like, you have to do it. So <laughs> I was already intrigued before I even looked at the script. But um, I think, you know, it's, it's really well written and, and kind of um, in the course of, you know, an hour and a half really gives you an understanding of what went on behind the scenes. Because I think a lot of people were familiar um, with the bar and kind of the movement that came from it, but not what it stemmed from and where it came from and, and that whole bit. And, um, and also, yeah, that there was a lot of, you know, it was a crazy time and era and, and punk. A lot of people think of, you know, crazy antics and violence and, and all that thing. But, um, but there was a lot of camaraderie amongst all of these bands and, and Hilly. And, um, and so I think that kind of is what really interests me. And then talking to Randy and Jody and, and um, hearing their excitement was kind of contagious in, in what they plan to do with it. And so, um, yeah, I was super excited by the time I got there. So you guys have just saw the trailer for this, so you have a sense of sort of the amazing ensemble uh, in this. Let's talk a little bit about that. So you have, the key relationship in the film is really your characters and Alan Rickman's character, which is insane. Like, he's one of the greatest living actors, that, that, and that's not hyperbole. Ever. That literally is, you know, appropriate to say about Alan Rickman. You got him, you got Malin Ackerman, you got Rupert Grint, uh, uh, Justin Bartha, a crazy awesome cast. Um, when you signed on to this, was Rickman attached? Did you know sort of the ensemble going in, or...? Um, yes, I knew that he was attached, and um, and I was very, I was really excited to work with him. Also, a little nervous because whenever you do have someone who's kind of a legend, you never know, um, you never know what they're going to think of you and, and and what type of person they are. Because um, I only know him from his work, but I was um, very very excited about him, and and I, I think a lot of the um, the ensemble had already kind of been slotted in, so. Um, so yeah, that was definitely an exciting part of it. And of course, my parents were like, you're doing this. They, <laughs> <laughs> they love Alan Rickman. They were super excited. And so they came down to see me every weekend to see me. <laughs> so uh, he is one of those guys that, that, frankly, I was talking to you before. I'm going to be interviewing him later this week. That I'm, I'm, I feel a little intimidated by the notion of sitting across from him. And you, know, you always hear the cliche, or maybe it's not a cliche, from actors about you, know, you need to raise your game when someone like that is opposite you. I would think that is the case, though, that you feel like when you show up to set and he's sitting across from you, you better know your lines, you better know how you're gonna approach the scene. Give me a sense of sort of how you kind of leave that behind and, and do your best work opposite someone like him. Well, I think that um, it's, it's important to me to meet the actor before you know, we start shooting rather than jumping just right into it so that you do kind of get a, a bit comfortable with each other and, right. and um, you know, Randy and Jody set up dinners and stuff like that so we could kind of chat a bit. That was extremely helpful. Um, and, and yeah, it, it does, when you're working with someone like that, force you to up your game in, in a really positive way. And I kind of, um, I like to prepare like crazy anyways, but um, I kind of made sure, you know, everything was perfect and I knew exactly how and, you know, where everything was and, and kind of just, prepped as much as I could possibly prep. So that, whenever I did get on set, you, you know, you do the work and then you can kind of leave it behind and just have fun. Sure. And, um, and he also, once we started working together, he's very, very positive and, and made me feel very comfortable because I think, you know, it's kind of productive to be, right. to be negative at all. And I think he probably knows that as well. So um, it ended up being, I mean, it really was a pleasure. It was really fun. Um, we do have a few scenes we want to share with you guys tonight uh, as we continue the conversation and also take your questions. So let's take a look at this first clip from CBGB. You're leaving that rotten boyfriend and going back to school. No. If it's money you came for. Have you seen this? No. The great thing about this band 
television is that they have absolutely no musical or socially redeeming characteristics, and they know it. Who wrote that? Josh Feigenbaum. Who's he? He's important. So people are going to read this, and they're going to start talking. And bands are going to start showing up wanting to play here, and all bands have fans, even the shitty ones. And everybody wants to be in a band and have fans, so new bands are going to start up and show up. You have no idea what's about to happen here. So, give me a job. I have to say, your hair is a lot better than Alan Rickman's in that scene. <laughs> Thank <laughs> With you. With all due respect to Alan Rickman. Um, so there are a couple things to talk about when you see a clip like this. Um, first of all, let's talk a little bit about the nature of the relationship between uh, Hilly and Lisa. What, how would you characterize the relationship uh, in the film between the two of them? Um, <laughs> tough love, basically. <laughs> they, you know, I think um, throughout the course of the film, you see that there definitely is a strain in the relationship, um, but it comes from a good place, and, and that was really important um, for both Alan and I to portray, I think, because you know Lisa and Hilly really did love each other, but they were so different in the sense of Lisa really was more the business-oriented woman, and, and Hilly was, was an artist and passionate and, and didn't, <laughs> didn't really think much of money. He just kind of figured, you know, no, it'll work. It'll happen. And right. um, and so, in order to keep this place open, um, they had they butted heads a lot, but had to kind of in the end work together to make sure that they kind of take or took care of both sides of things. Um, so she was the adult a lot of times in their relationship. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, definitely definitely from a place of love. Uh, do accents come naturally to you? Obviously, that is not the speaking voice that I'm hearing today in that clip. Or am I doing an accent now? Is that the real one? I mean, it might be. <laughs> um, no, I am. Um, luckily, I uh, got to speak with Lisa Crystal because she was one of the producers on set, and that was very helpful. But I, I do find that accents come pretty easily. I mean, they scare the hell out of me right. because you either get them right or if you get them wrong, it, it can help or hinder your performance. Um, but uh, we had a really fantastic vocal coach, and, and, uh, and we had Lisa, so... One of the impressive, impressive things when you see the film uh, that might surprise you is that you, you didn't shoot this in New York. You actually were able to replicate, because you know, obviously CBGB does not exist anymore. Um, that being said, elements of the bar actually do exist uh, in storage somewhere, right? Is that the deal? Yeah, we um, were really lucky. Um, if, it was amazing for the actors, I think, because you really felt like you were in this bar that we weren't really pretending. Um, we were able to get... Yeah, the actual bar from CBGB's, we were able to get the payphone, um, you know, a bunch of stuff here and there that really made it feel authentic because we shot in Savannah, Savannah, Georgia, and you would never know it. Um, and it could not be further from New York, but when you stepped on set, you, it kind of transported you back. It does feel like when watching the film, like, I feel like I can smell what it smelled like there, <laughs> and it's not a good smell. Yeah, and it was very hot. Again, <laughs> you have to take it and use it. Right. Um, <laughs> so it was helpful, but um, yeah, the ba I mean, the bathrooms are, I think, one of the things that we, we did really have to create, you know, with our set designer, and uh, I'm extremely thankful for that, because totally. those, it creeps me out, even though I knew they were fake. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's take another look uh, at uh, this great film, CBGB. Gonna have to do something about that stage. 
Well, you might want to think about having fewer guests of Hilly and more paying customers if you want to pay for it. I'm with Lisa on this one. You gotta spend money to make money. You're gonna have money to spend money to make money. And since you spend all the money you make, you don't have any money to spend. So you might want to think about saving the money you make instead of spending the money you make. All right, we're gonna try that one again. Yeah, that is tough love. I guess you were right. That That is the way to characterize. Yeah, I mean, it comes out of sheer frustration that he just doesn't get it. And, and it's not an, a new thing that he doesn't get it. We've, you know, been through bankruptcies before because of the same thing. But um, he's kind of set in his ways. Right. You also get a glimpse in that clip of Malin Ackerman. I mean, some of the impressive stuff in the film is seeing, um, you know, people playing some musical icons. Blondie, of course, um, the police. Uh, did you get, I mean, by the nature of filming, did you see a lot of these acts performing? And is that a little bit eerie to see recreations of these icons? Like, Rupert Grint is totally transformed in this. Oh, yeah. I think, um, I mean, everyone did such a fantastic job. And... Everyone really looks the part, and generally you kind of like give on one side or another if they look like the artist or sound like the artist and can act like the artist. So um, I think we got really, really lucky in that sense, and it was really, um, it was fun. It was cool to be able to be on set and, and see them actually perform and, and really go to these places and commit. I mean, Justin Bartha. <laughs> when I As saw you've him, never seen him before. Oh my <laughs> God! When I saw his, I mean, he was great, um, and I have to give him props because it's brave to, to do something like that. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting for me because, again, you know, I, I missed that time um, right. of CBGB and these performances, and so I kind of feel like I got to see them in, in some way. Is uh, is music and singing something that's important to you? You're like virtually one of the only cast members. Even Rickman gets to sing a little bit in it. I know. Where's the love? What the hell? <laughs> God, guys. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, apparently I, they, I auditioned and they said my voice wasn't good enough. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's, she's the, the one character in the film, I think, that doesn't really wear leather and, and doesn't sing or perform. <laughs> um, but it's not... Um, that would make me really nervous. So I'm actually kind of thankful that my character didn't have to. Do you I, I appreciate it, and I, I do. I love music. My parents love music, yeah. and um, you know, we always had on the radio. We never had on the TV. Um, but I, I would sing if I had to. Okay. And I, it's not I would on the sing around list. people that I know, but but yeah, um, not entirely comfortable. Okay. Um, what, I mean, you know, punk for many people obviously is something. You know, whatever musical genre you that you when you come of age that you grasp onto at first is 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 so near and dear to you, and you live and breathe that music. What was what was your thing like when you were growing up? What was the kind of music that you grabbed onto and you were obsessed with? You know, I actually um, until I was about twelve or fourteen, I lived on dirt roads and my neighbors had horses and so um i was a little country bumpkin and so um i still have a love for country i still listen to it on occasion um so that was kind of my first love of music and then um you know a bit of rock alternative because my mom kind of segued into that I, I noticed that you were you were at iheart radio recently too so what's 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 currently on the on the playlist, what um, to? I of course Muse. I think Matthew Bellamy is just insanely talented. Um, so he's there. I actually put on Ray Lamontagne the other day. I'm I have I kind of everything possible on my uh, on my playlist, and so it depends on what 
mood I'm in because I think that's one of the great things about music and why so many people relate to it because it's a powerful medium and it can kind of take you to any place you want to go. Totally. Um, two more clips I want to get to before we open this up to you guys out there. Uh, here's another one from CBGB opening soon. You're not telling me the whole story. What's that supposed to mean? Where does the cash go at the end of the night? After I count it. Stop it. What? What happens to the cash at the end of the night? I put it in the freezer. What? My apartment. You got an apartment? I can't sleep on a mattress when bands are getting signed right and left. Okay, I'm going to go through all this paper, and then we will know where we're at. Terrific. You go to the freezer in your apartment and get the money now. Pay the rent now, and take the rest to the bank now. I don't know how this is going to work out with you ordering me around. I don't know how it's going to work out if I don't. I feel like there's a love in that, that Rickman stare, that, that, that silent stare. I, can't, I love that scene. That's, I thank God I was in character in that scene because now every time I watch it, I can't help but laugh because right. he is this grown man and captures that kind of adolescence oh, yeah. so well. Um, but, um, but I think that's pro actually probably out of most of the scenes in the film where you can most clearly see that it's such a, an opposite dynamic than what it's supposed right. to be as far as one person being the adult and one person being the child. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see, because like, again, I had a vague notion of who Hilly was, but to see sort of how dysfunctional he was in some ways, and yet was the guy that is in many ways responsible for creating a home for such a, a pivotal movement, it, it, it's a remarkable story, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's really great to see, um, and to see you know every, everything that had to come together to make this happen and, and how much, you know, everyone has flaws and he certainly had some, but everyone has this love for him and everyone wants to help him regardless, you know, of, of, of his failure in, in businesses. And, um, and I think it comes from the fact that he really did come from a good place and a true place and, and he was, you know, he was always there for other people and, and, right. um, and really a really phenomenal man. Um, Oh, wow, we're in New York you can City, tell everyone. We're in New York, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm glad that they kind of captured that on screen. Totally. Um, you mentioned before that um, Lisa, who you portray in this, is one of the producers. Have you ever played, first of all, a, a real life person? Before? Um, no, I uh, I have not, and and I, you know, I think that the cast, we all had different pressures as far as some people playing, you know, iconic characters that that people kind of already have this expectation of, of what the actor should do to portray them. Um, and then, you know, for me, um, playing Lisa was, it was a bit daunting at first because she, you know, is still alive. And so I knew she was going to see it and her daughter's around my age and they were on set and, and, you know, there was that pressure of wanting to make sure I got it right. And, you know, in speaking with her kind of, getting this understanding of how important this portrayal was and how important it was for people to see her father and, and the things that he did and, and their relationship. Um, yeah, at first I was, it was very daunting, but then I think you know, it was really helpful because she was so open 
and, and honest and, and was kind of this encyclopedia for me to go to anytime I needed. Totally. It's an invaluable resource. So she, was she on set literally every day or did she come and go? Or she wasn't bit? there every day. I mean, she, um, you know, she lives here and she practices law and so um, she had to go back and forth. But, um, but she, even if she wasn't physically on set, um, anytime I went to Skype or call, I mean, she gave me, you know, all of her information. So she was um, really incredible for me. Uh, one more clip here from uh, CBGB for you guys to take a look at. Here it is. I just don't get it. Why did you risk everything on the dead boys? Was it the auto-asphyxiation or the self-mutilation? They could have been a bellwether. Well, that's debatable. Going to law school. Really? How come? Because I know you're going to need me to. Even though I know you'll never admit it. Your friends have been waiting out there for you all fucking day. Get your ass out there. You know, I really don't appreciate all the swearing. I was going to say the mouth on you. Seriously, come on. Yeah, unfortunately that was not method. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's been nearly a year since uh, you know we, we spoke about the the end of Twilight, and I remember uh, you know we were I felt like I was always talking to you about like how's it gonna feel, how's it gonna feel to all you guys. I felt guilty asking so many times, how's it feel now? So it's been almost a year. Do you feel like you have any perspective on it, or does it feel like just yesterday that Twilight was still happening? Um, it's um no, it actually I feel like it feels like it's been longer. Um, you know, since since we finished, I guess because we wrapped far before right. uh, the film came out. But um, it's um, I feel good about it. I'm happy with the way that it went out, and and I do. There are times that you know I do miss certain aspects of it because it was such a huge part of my life, and um, and I've been doing that longer than I haven't since I've been in Hollywood, and um, and yeah. So there's parts I miss, but I'm I'm you know, looking at it now, extremely grateful to have been a part of it, but also. I'm grateful that we are able to move on and, and move forward and do films like this and, and, and get to kind of hop into these other worlds and, and also for other people to see different work that we do. Um, because as much as you know, I loved playing Alice and being a part of that, there's also something I think, as with any artist, kind of this, this need to, to do different things as well. So, um, so yeah, I think... Um, you know, I'm happy with it, and I just... You know what's so weird, actually? Random, I was on Peter Patronelli's flight coming in. Like, he, he walked by me when I was on the plane. I was like, hey, <laughs> I know you. I definitely know you. Um, so that was a, a really nice run. In. Does it, are, are you satisfied with the kind of stuff, I mean, that, that you're, you're getting opportunities to do? Do you feel like you have to be very proactive in chasing roles? I mean, you were just telling me backstage that, you know, you're working on two films simultaneously recently. Yeah. Like, you're going after it. You're, like, you're keeping busy on very different kinds of projects, which I guess you have to do. Yeah, definitely. I am, um, you know, right now, it's it's all about being proactive but also being patient and and ha you know allowing yourself to say no to a lot of things so that when when that one yes comes um when you're available to do it and and two i think it, it's that much more powerful um and so it's 
I was very, very thankful to have just finished the two films that I did, um, especially because they were in the comedy world and it's something that I've been wanting to get into. Um, and I feel like, you know, again, I can, I'm comfortable enough to, to be able to wait for that piece to come along because it is, um, you know, it, it is hard whenever you want those, those real kind of heavy hitting gritty parts because everyone else wants them as well. Um, and it's, it's a whole new ball game for me right now, but, um, but I'm very happy with the way that things are shaping up. Totally. All right, uh, enough of my silly questions. Time for your silly and smart questions. Uh, let's go to you guys. Hi, Ashley. It's nice to meet you. Hi. Loved you in Twilight. Too, um, one question that I had was, did Lisa give you any advice on portraying her um, in the film like that was really important that she wanted you to get um, to get across in the film? Um, yeah, she um, gave me loads of advice and told me loads of stories. Um, but I think that the thing that resonated with me most was that she really really loved her father and he loved her and, and that amidst this, this crazy world and the arguments and the butting heads that they really did love and care for each other. Um, and that's why, you know, no matter what happened, she, Lisa kept coming back. They always kept coming back into each other's lives. Um, and so that was definitely the most important thing, I think. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Um, my question is, uh, I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about your preparation for the role. You said you did a lot of prep, and just in terms of learning about the music and learning about the, the woman and everything, just more detail would be really interesting for me to hear about. Sure, yeah. Um, definitely had to do a lot of prep work because I wasn't super familiar with CBGBs. And um, I, well, it was very helpful that my acting coach was actually born and raised New Yorker, and she... Uh, actually went there and, and knew a lot about it, and so she was able, every time we would speak, to give me a sense of, of how it affected her and her friends. Um, and and apart from that, I think, you know, me and Lisa definitely had, we spoke on the phone, and we had Skype sessions before we started, and, and I, before I spoke to her, wrote down everything that I knew from doing research on the internet, um, which is a beautiful thing for actors now <laughs> to be able to have access to all of this. Um, you know, researched the bands and then kind of even looked at, you know, online just people discussing CBGBs and, and, and how it affected them. And then kind of wrote down what my view on it was and, and then questions I had for her. And a lot of it for me, because, you know, the movie is about the punk movement, but for me specifically and, and my character, it's more about the kind of the heart and the relationship that she and Hilly had. And so um, it was a lot of questions about their home life and, and very, um, almost could have been invasive. And, and I'm really thankful that she was so open and so honest because she wanted me, you know, to be able to, to get certain things across. Um, and apart from that, uh, definitely working on the accent with, uh, with a coach because <laughs> I think that's the one thing um, we're talking to, you don't, you don't know your own accent. You don't. You don't hear it, and so I couldn't really go to her for help with that. But um, speaking to her and then having someone on set to kind of say, "Okay, this is what you need to tweak," was really helpful. Since you learned a lot about all these bands that were uh, that played there, not only the bands that are in the film, but uh, the bands overall. What bands did you want to see, or would you like to see? And of the bands that uh, were portrayed in the film, who would you really like to meet? that of the real bands? I think um, 
Blondie would be very, very fun. Um, the police, I think um, <laughs> it would be very interesting to meet the band members of the Ramones just because um, the portrayal of them in the film was was uh, very, very funny to me. Um, but you know, I because I wasn't super familiar, I kind of downloaded and, and have a lot of, of everything um, on there, I think. But I think, yeah, Blondie, I'd be most interested to see perform. Hello, Ashley. Hello. Um, I would like to know, um, what is the best advice another actress or actor has ever given you? The best advice another actor or actress has given me? Um, probably that... Um, there's no right or wrong way to do something, and there's no blueprint per se, because I think, you know, especially when I first moved out here, I got really lucky in the sense of when I was in Jacksonville, I, I took an acting class and, and fell in love with it and, and was able to get a manager and, and have them introduce me to agents. And, and everything, you know, just kind of fell into place, and. When I did get out to LA, I took a million acting classes because, of course, you know there's not that much to offer in Jacksonville as far as, far as the arts go in that that aspect. I mean, they're they're working on it, but um, but I, I think you know it's it's a, it's nerve wracking and and you don't really know what to do or where to go because because there is no blueprint. You just kind of have to figure it out on yourself and 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 figure out what works for you. Um, and it's funny because I started seeing like certain things would just click for me and I was like oh god this makes so much more sense and this is what works for me and, and I don't have to do it this way you know that that this other actor that I worked with does because um, I think it's kind of to each their own and that's one of the, the beautiful things about art is that you you don't have to do it on anyone else's terms like you kind of get to figure it out for yourself Hi um, you've already had the chance to work with some really amazing actors, Michael Sheen, Alan Rickman, um, who, who is on your, you know, your list. You, it doesn't matter what the script is, if they're attached, you'd definitely take it. Um, I think that it would be really interesting to work with Robert Downey Jr. because I think whenever I watch him, I kind of am able to get lost in his performance sometimes. That I, the way in which he, he makes it seem so simple, but his, all of his performances are extremely nuanced. Um, to me, is, uh, it's, it's a really fun thing to watch, so I would be interested to kind of see how he is on set. Hi, um, what's it like working on a movie that's set in like a, such a pivotal moment in New York City history, like music history, and then coming to New York City today? Um, it, was, it was really fun to be able to, to kind of work um, and be able to be a part of this this time and this movement and this place, um, you know, because I, I didn't get to experience it. And um, it's it's always fun to be able to kind of go back and, and be a part of that history, even though it's recreated. Um, and and being here, it's I, I always love coming to New York because I, I think that, you know, there's a reason why people... Um, love New York so much and, and this is the only place that they could ever imagine being because the um, the energy here is is incredible and, and whenever I'm here I feel like I want to be productive I have to be productive it's, it's I think 
in, in the arts world, it, it's a really positive place to be because it just has so much to offer. And, and there is so much history here. And, um, and I love the fact that everyone here is driven and motivated and, and, and kind of has their own path and direction. And, and it's not a place where everyone's doing the same thing. Um, I mean, I, I love LA, but you know, it's predominantly models and actors as far as, you know, this industry goes. And here kind of, you have a little bit of everything. And then I, um, I really love that about New York. And we have sirens going by. That always adds some character to <laughs> Apple yeah. Store events, too. I think, that, I think those are all the questions we have from you guys, right? Okay, we've exhausted Ashley. Congratulations <laughs> oh, uh, on CBGB. This is a great one. This is a great document for, you know, obviously CBGB is gone, so um, this is a way to relive the past in a, in a fun way with some great performances from you and Alan and the cast. So thanks uh, to Ashley Green for stopping by today, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you guys for having me.